and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb Podcast. I am your host, Katerina Burenova. Each week, we dive into a blend of topics that resonate with the soul. Whether you're an architect enthusiast, have a passion for wanderlust, want to discover holistic approaches to rejuvenate your body and mind, or are intrigued to learn about Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, you've come to the right place. Join me as I sit down with inspiring, like-minded women from various walks of life. We will delve into their journeys to discuss the challenges and moments that define their paths. So sit back, relax, and let the spark of positive energy ignite your curiosity. Hello and Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of 2024. Today, I am joined by MJ and Gigi, owners of Poway Construction, a woman-owned contracting company in the Bay Area. Not only do they build exceptional high-end residential homes and select commercial projects, they also donate a portion of their profits to a foundation in Peru dedicated to helping rural communities build safe and sustainable homes. MJ and Gigi, welcome to From the Honeycomb podcast. Hello, thank you. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having us. Happy New Year to you too. Happy New Year. Thank you. And as you know, we begin every episode by sharing something that we are grateful for in the present moment. So what are you both grateful for? You want to start? I can start. (laughs) I mean, you know, just being here, what the opportunity and the universe have given us, you know, as an immigrant, being able to be here and all of our dreams. Super grateful for that. Yeah, definitely thankful for, for being here, for it is to come as well, and just for the present moment. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. And I don't know if you guys know, I was also, I know I came to the United States as a young child, but I was five when I came here. So I very much resonate with the immigrant story and my mom was an immigrant. So it's incredible what you guys have achieved. I know we'll get into it, but it is incredible what you have achieved. And it's, you should be very proud of yourselves. Thanks. Thanks. Likewise. And just wanted to introduce Cosito that you can kind of see him here. (laughs) This is a mascot. He's a mascot. He's a little man. Yeah. Of the construction world. <laughs> <laughs> Very cute. He's so sweet. So share with us your journey. First, I'd like to talk about your individual journeys and then how you met and how you guys built a company together. Oh, well, well we have a lot of history together. Yes. Uh, yeah. As mentioned, both immigrants, we actually both from Peru, never met there. Mm-hmm. I came here when I was 16 and I went to high school here in Marin County and I met her. So yeah. so we, we have a lot of a story. Like our history goes like way, way back. Yes. So, yeah. I came here when I was four, uh, 12 and we met when I was 14. So we we're playing soccer together. We went to high school together. Had a lot of friends in common, actually. She went to the same school as my cousin back in Peru. So it, there's yeah. a lot of oh, connection. It, it's, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, that's just a little bit about how we met. So we have been best friends since then and yeah. now partners. So. And when did you make the transition from friends to partners? Because that is a huge leap. And there's very few relationships that can take on going from friendship to partnership in the company. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> there's a lot more history. Um, she moved to New York. Yeah, so just to give you a, a brief yeah. of my story. So I was a rebel one. I moved to New York City when I was I think, shy of 22. I was like, I'm ready for a change. I love California, mm-hmm. but I'm always being one of those like 
City Girls, and I just decided to sell everything here and then moved to New York City, and I was there for about three years, and after that, Miami, so I was in the East Coast for about eight, eight and a half years, and I was doing a lot of personal work my last two and a half, three years while I was in Miami, and one of my retreats, which is one of my favorite, happened in one of my favorite places, Sedona, I just decided to, that was during COVID, and I just decided to um, come back home to visit, to be present. As you may know, like I was coming back all the time, but I wasn't really giving the time of the day and really embracing those quality moments with each member and each, you know, person that I love. And that's how I came back, actually. That was like the big thing is like I started as just spending quality of time with my loved ones. And funny enough, I went to visit my friend in San Diego. I was doing this like meditation, just thinking about like my purpose, right? Mm-hmm. What are going to be my next steps? And Gigi sends me a text and she's like, um, we really need someone to help with business development in their company. Would you be interested in helping us? I don't know you're great at it. And so that was kind of like how, you know, I desired to come back and it was COVID and it was, um, it was just nice to be around family and people that I love and just California is always home. Marine County is always home. So kind of like, okay, I guess maybe it is time. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah. Back then I, um, I had my own company. So my trajectory, you know, since high school, since she moved out to New York, uh, always stayed here, always in the Bay Area, got married, got kids, was working. So my first job was in a construction company, for a small company in San Francisco. We were doing public works. We were doing libraries, um, schools, community centers. I worked there for about three years. While I was working there, I was going to get my degree as an architect. But once I got that first job and once I was on the field, that's when I realized that I actually like to be in the field, to be part of the action, you know, <laughs> building it, you know. So I switched my careers for uh, construction management. So yeah, after three years there, I always like about residential, right? Houses, those the quality type of things. So I applied for another company in Marine County and I was there for about eight years, nine years. And with another coworker who had previously had a company in the past, one day we went out for drinks, happy hour, and we we're like, let's open up a construction company, just you and me. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then formed my previous company. And I had that company for about six years. And that's when I called her during my fourth year, fifth year of the company. And I asked her to, if she wanted to work with me, help us with the business development. And she did. And after a year, two years working together, I was like, why not? It's you and me, right? Let's do the construction company, just women, just you and me. Friends, we've been forever. So, you know, we work very well together. So why not? And then we funded so, Poway. So we're here. <laughs> it's been almost three years now. Yeah. Yes. Almost three years of us trying to build Poway and really working our way and, and really hustling and seeing a lot of mm-hmm. the, the ups and downs that happens in the construction world and even more when when you're a female, actually, um, in the industry. So it's been a, a fun ride. Um, can't wait to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of excitement and, of course, tons of lessons that we, that we keep on learning on the way. So it's just fun 
to see, you know, what is to come. I love what such a positive outlook you have on it as well, because yes, it's your job, you know, it's what you spend most of your time, but I can see both of you are both passionate. I know. So it sounds like MJ, you're more on like the business development side and then Gigi, you do more of the construction work. And so you both have your kind of little worlds within your world. And I think that seems like it makes such a great sense in like how you both balance the company. And you've touched on the construction world is one thing. Being a woman in construction is a whole nother thing on top of having your own business. I mean, that's like, you guys are like the trifecta of (laughs) amazing, including your immigrant stories. So, I mean, you guys are, it's just absolutely inspiring. And I'm excited to have you on because I think also, you know, right before we started the call, I mentioned that you've I've actually been asked if I can find female general contractors and women working in the construction side of, you know, architecture and construction because we see so few little women. And so I'm glad Eva, who's also been on the podcast, connected us because I mean, we are in a male-dominated industry. And so I'd love to hear your perspectives on you know, what's it like when you are the female who shows up on the job site and you're the boss? <laughs> oh my God, there's so many stories. <laughs> so many stories. I mean, from my first job, you know, in the city for uh, this general contractor, we were building for a new school nearby the projects. And one Saturday I needed to show up to check because we were working on grading. And there you see the big guys and the big equipment, the hard hats, the boots. And here, you know, back then I was little. I was, you know, now I'm a little bit more chubby (laughs) after two kids. But, you know, back then I was so tiny, so skinny. And I show up on the construction to check on them. And they're like, looking at me like, am I lost? Right? I'm like, no, I'm here to check. Is everything okay? And they're like, Yes, everything is okay. Why are you here? <laughs> right? so I'm just doing my job as an assistant project manager. So that's one way back then. And even though after having my own company, you know, being the owner, right, show up one of the restaurant projects that we had here in San Rafael. And I didn't hear it. I know because my superintendent talked to me later. He was apologizing because of the guys. And I'm like, why? What happened? It's like, well, they were talking about like, oh yeah, look, she's so cute. Like, you know, let's talk to her and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I, and the site superintendent had to talk to them and tell them, hey, respect her because she's the boss. She's the one paying the bills and you don't want to get fired. You know, it's like quiet. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't, you know. By that time, I'm like, yeah, it's another thing. You know, I'm on the construction side. I know people are going to talk to me, like thinking like, why am I here? Or, you know, oh, a woman. Oh, let's, you know, hit on her, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been <laughs> so many stories, but just because of the passion that I have with the construction and, and, and being there and to prove that, hey, I am capable, you know, as a woman, yes, I have the right to be here. And yes, I'm a smart, so you're going to listen to me now. <laughs> yeah, show the respect. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's interesting too. I wanted to ask is when you guys go to client meetings and you also are younger and I experience this myself is, is most of my clients are older than me. And so remembering that even though they're older, I'm the one who is representing my profession. I'm the boss in my lane. I also like to stay in my lane. And I, I would love to hear about your relationships with architects and what you think of yeah. architects. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, it, it is funny to, to, to see how 
Although, yes, we live in, you know, in Marin County, we're, you know, in the Bay Area, such a place that it's so open and full of opportunities, but how narrow we are in terms of just, we're segregated, even though we don't want to say it, it's, it's true. And it happens to actually not too long ago. One of, we're working with a, with a restaurant group, the owner of this restaurant group, he's, he's one of the largest here in the Bay Area. They actually have a construction team in-house and they love working with us. We work with them for a couple of projects. So comes to a bigger project and he's like, we're right at the end. Like just, hey, we're going to start on such a date. We're about to sign contract. And he was like, nope, this is not happening. They're rookies. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The girls are too rookie. We're, we're the rookies wow. of, of the construction, although we have a portfolio of $4.5 million restaurant renovations and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So it's, um, it's funny to think about it that way because age does have a huge impact in a lot of the clients. Nevertheless, when they start seeing the execution where they start seeing, you know, actually even the, the pre-construction phases and how we elaborate about it and really our organization skills and that's on her like she's such a like you know attention to detail when it comes to doing the scheduling all those things are so important to construction people are like oh okay so you guys do know (laughs) right so and going back to architects yes we we had that also yeah uh uh, or they want to see the you know where's the older man right yeah Mm -hmm. so they they think that Yes, the, the capabilities are less or that we're not as experienced. But um, yeah, it's a funny ride. <laughs> yes. We do, yeah. we do see it quite often. Nevertheless, that doesn't, doesn't put us down. It's actually, it forces us to be stronger and to be like, okay, what are the things or, or you know, the key elements? What were the things that didn't go along with what they wanted? Well, not only the age, right? And usually, you know, we try to, to learn from those things. and. And try to, you know, just keep trying. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think not taking it personally, oh, okay. too. Because, I mean, if you start taking it personally, then, and I feel like you both don't, you you already, like I mentioned earlier, like you're positive, you have that mindset, and you have a passion for what you do. And also the fact that you're taking any sort of like rejection as a learning, like, okay, what could I do better? And I think I very much resonate with that because yeah if I don't get a project okay let's look at what could I do better what did I learn did they ask me questions that maybe I didn't have the answers to so I think it's great that you're looking at it from a perspective of always learning yeah absolutely yeah I think it's important any lesson in life is like that right we usually the no's are the hardest but at the same time when you get to those yeses it's just okay this is great and we want to give the best because we know how difficult it is. And, but then I, think, I just feel like that's life. Never single aspect of it. You know, we get so many rejections before we get a yes. And, you know, sometimes we're swimming against the current. And it's like understanding how to like, okay, what do we need to do to shift that and really yeah. be part of that wave and ride that wave? <laughs> no, absolutely. And the, and the wave of entrepreneurship, business owners, and construction. And I like that you also mentioned that you're organized and you have schedules, which with contractors, that's great that you can build a, you know, a beautiful house, 
But if it's not on schedule, not on budget, and you're not organized, it's going to be a shit show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a terrible experience. And so I go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's going to be a headache for the architect. It's going to be a headache for the client, mm-hmm. even for the, the guys in the field, yeah. right? Because project management is also super important in construction. It's not only being on the field with the tools, which, yes, you're making it happen. But how can you make it happen if you didn't order the material on time? How, because you didn't have the schedule, because you didn't call for the lead time, and you didn't, you know, plan in ahead of time. So that council, who's going to manage the construction, right? Who's going to manage the guys? Who's going to manage the subs, the material, the client, the architect, the communication, all that? That's what we do. Yes, I have experience on the field, but my forte is project management. I've been doing it for about more than fifteen years now, and that's all, all I do every day. <laughs> No, and it's so important. And that's what I think a lot of clients as well don't realize. And then especially the the relationship between the contractor and architect. And for me, so I don't know if you know, but my husband's a contractor. Oh, no, I didn't know. So, <laughs> so I, I married into the, the no, contractor yeah. world. You get it. <laughs> I get it. But I also appreciate like I've seen him now bid projects and I see the the amount of construction drawings that you guys need. And I always make sure it's a priority for me when I'm doing my drawings is making sure that because you guys are the end user. Yes, it goes through the city. Yes, the client approves the design, but you're the one building it and making sure that the information I give you is clear, concise, you're not stopping every five minutes during construction, calling me, hey, what does this mean? I don't have a detail for this. And I think that's so important to have a good communication with other, you know, with architects and, and contractors. Yeah. yeah. There's always going to be questions on the field. There's always going to be some missing, you know, information, detail, like I said, communication, you know, having that partnership with the architect or the design team, um, even the client, because sometimes you're going to need decisions to be made right there you know it's like hey i'm about to close the wall do you want this outlet here yes or no right so it's super crucial yeah that's what we uh... definitely collaboration is key and that's something that you know every time and that's a kind of part of our motto like the trust making and relationship building that's like the most crucial part just because we like to work in collaboration and it's so important that we're all on the same page and that we have each other's back because we, we had experience that, you know, sometimes they will throw us under the bus and we're taking blame for something that wasn't that wasn't ours, right? And that's okay. We're okay with that. It's just the, the, the matter of the fact that there was a lack of communication, right? It's like, hey, you know, I effed up in this. How can we work together to look for a solution? And I think that's crucial because as general contractors, we want to be able to do that. We want to be able to provide the client with different solutions. We want to be able to like say, okay, yes, this is what happened, but we have X, Y, and C solutions for you. You pick one and then we go with that, right? So it is so important for us. It's like one of the most important things to make sure that we're creating those relationships and that those like, you know, just trust making, which is so important. I want to work with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We have very similar mindsets, for sure. And I think looking at half of, you know, more than half of the problems that arise in construction could have been dealt with if there was better communication. Yeah, and, and I don't know, maybe that's because we're, it's a woman thing, you know, that we <laughs> it are, could be, I think so. Multitask, we are super organized, you know, we, it's not Attention only that we have detail. our job, we're, you know, we're parents, yep. we have kids, you have pickup, we have drop off, the teacher calling, you know, the work, the house. So we know how to manage all of this. <laughs> We're pretty good at time management. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Being working moms and having our own company, it's like you need to know how to prioritize and you need to know what, you know, okay, how are we going to go about the day? How are we going to go about the week? You know, kids are coming. Okay, how are we going to go about this? So there's a lot of that and there's a lot of communication that has to go through. And I feel like when you get into construction, you are going into a marriage for the time from the moment that we signed those contracts all the way to even post-construction, right? Yeah. That's something that mm-hmm. we would like to do as well. Those things are just, we are in a marriage with the architect and with the client and with our subcontractors. Mm-hmm. Those always, right? And our design team, if there is a design team, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding, okay, we're, we're in the honeymoon stage first, but then there can be some, some pretty heated arguments and how we're going to take that not personally and then look for a solution right so that's Mm -hmm. all communication and Mm -hmm. understanding when we might not know something or when we drop the bomb or when somebody else dropped the bomb and how we're going to be able to you know overcome that and and, and bring solutions to to the table so yeah I think that's a perfect analogy is it is a marriage I think there's a, you know, and it's, you go through ups and downs and you also from like, since you also build homes, I think residential construction is a very intimate process than if you were designing a restaurant or a museum or gas station or anything like that. Once you're in the home, it becomes very personal to the client and you're creating a space that they're going to be in, they're going to be living in, raising their children in, you know, eating in, sleeping in. So it just becomes, it's just that much more of an intimate process. And so I think you you hit the nail on the head with saying it's a marriage. It's definitely a marriage. It's a marriage without really dating beforehand. I know with like the architect will date the client a little bit, but even then we're already under contract when you come in. So it's, it's a lot to balance. Yeah. yeah. It's a blind t- uh, date and then ends up with marriage. It's so true. It is true. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a beauty too, right? Because like you, you try to prepare for it. I think we, we always try to prepare. It's like, okay, what are we going to do in case of this? Or as you mentioned, like when it comes to, you know, anything that's residential, it, it's very intimate and it's definitely the decision making can be very personal. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes there might be a trend or maybe it's like, oh, no, now my friend uh, was telling me about this new stone or this mm-hmm. new accent wall that I love. So can we actually change this? And it's like, yeah, it's going to cost you money. <laughs> you know, like late our project a little bit, you know, are you OK? You want to do that? You know, it's so just making those decisions too, and actually how to talk to the client about making those decisions. Because sometimes they they might think it's going to look great, but. You as an architect, as a you know a designer, like you're like I don't think it's gonna be the best choice for you. And how to talk mm-hmm. to them about it, and then on our end, like how to talk about costs. You know, we don't want to be giving them change orders left and right. So yeah. it's like 
how to navigate that. And, you know, again, I think communication is key. (laughs) Absolutely. And you bring up a good point is cost of construction. The number one question I get asked is, how much is this going to cost? (laughs) Yes. I wish I could give an answer because for me, I mean, I hate to say, but it's ask the contractor because for me, I can specify materials to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, it is the contractor who's building it. You also have your fees, your percentages, the subcontractors you decide to work with. I mean, there could be A grade, B grade, C grade. You know, maybe want you, you know, the client is very specific on windows. So you make sure that your window subcontractor installer is, you know, the best, but they don't care maybe about some, you know, the paving or something. So there's a, it's just such a balance. So when you get asked, what is something going to cost? Because it's always like, hey, I want to buy this house. I want to remodel it. How much is it going to cost? I don't have plans done anything yet. So what is your answer? Just out of curiosity. So, cause I never know. I just say, ask the general contract. <laughs> I, I put the ball back in the client. It's like, what's your budget? <laughs> what do you, mm, there <laughs> if you're buying a house, I'm sure that you already have your unlimited budget that you can spend later. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it all depends. I think, yeah. you know, when we're talking about finishes, that's a huge expense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I want, I don't know walnut whatever floors and mm-hmm. whatever and wolf appliances and etc etc mm-hmm. it's like well those things are going to add up if you have let's say a million dollar reno or whatever when you think about it depending where you're at is not as much right and no. when you're thinking about just finishes itself your million dollars will go just on that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're not putting anything else. So it's understanding more about like, and of course, sometimes clients can be very unrealistic with their numbers, right? And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Are you trying to go on faces? Like there's different ways. And of course we can do the value engineering for them, but it all depends like where they're really standing. Is this like something that they really see themselves committed to? and Based on that, we kind of like, okay, we understand that there is a budget. We understand that, you know, sometimes you might have to go and do your construction through phases. We're actually, they're on a project right now. You know, they don't have their budget. It's like nothing, not even like for one floor. It's like, okay, so let's work together to see how we can come up and throughout different phases phases that we can actually work. They want to extend the house. Let's start working with the foundation work, you know, the concrete work, the framework that we just... Sometimes the most expensive depends on the finishes, but let's start okay. with that. Let's put the shell, you know, up, and then we start working and seeing the finishes. Okay, how big we want the kitchen? How many cabinets? You know, okay, do we want to do tile here? Maybe we do carpet in the bedrooms, things like that, that we can help them through make decisions if they're really, you know, with a, a set budget they cannot exceed. But yes, I have clients like that, and I had clients that. Budget? What? That's nothing. Those are the best clients. The best clients are the ones who are like, who pay on time and then just don't ask. Yeah. 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 As long as you finish by before Thanksgiving, because the Hollywood holidays are always deadlines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. And I like that you brought up scheduling because that's something, and I don't know what it is. And I understand when I ask a contractor for a schedule, you can't tell me what you're doing exactly 37 days from now at two o'clock. You know, I get that. 
But as far as scheduling, and I know things move, and since I know from my husband's background, you have to call subs. When are subs available? You know, when is material, you know, coming and going? How do you approach when you get asked, what's the schedule? Do you guys give kind of like a rough, you'll move in by next spring? Or how do you guys manage to figure out a schedule that you can tell the client? If we're estimating, you know, beginning stages of the, the project, yes, it's going to be a preliminary schedule. Once we get in contract, once we, you know, really have the access to the site, then we start dialing in more dates from the subcontractors and putting more details and the sequency. And then that will be our master project schedule that shares with the client, architect, everybody on the team. And then internally, and it's also that we can share, but it's more more information. We have our uh, four-week look-ahead schedule. And then that's, you know, day by day, Monday through Friday, four times. And then we know exactly what day the sub is showing up because we call, okay, confirm it. You're going to show up on Wednesday. Yes, I'll be, okay, how long are you going to take? Three days plus another two days later on. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put you because then I have to call the electrician so that, you know, we're planning that not too many people at the same time, things like that. So, so that's our four weeks look ahead schedule that we have more detail and that's internal. And we, we go over with our superintendents weekly our internal weekly meeting. And then we have, from that, we have our master project schedule that it's like the whole thing. We actually do sort of like a, just the bullet points of like, okay, this is decision-making day. We're just giving them the heads up to apply an architect, you know, design team to make sure that we already, that they're planning on getting that decision by a certain date. So like, it really helps. And we, of course, when we start working on, on to say our model, we have our weekly schedules, uh, our, our, sorry, our weekly uh, meetings with all parties involved, meaning architect, interior designer, client, and we go over the milestones. What are the things that we really need to focus on? What are the things that we might be delaying on and things of that nature? And again, the decision-making about materials and things of that nature. So for us, I think scheduling is super key because <laughs> that way we know exactly it's your roadmap. Type, yeah, it's your roadmap. It's your yeah. roadmap you know, throughout the construction. Mm-hmm. So without it, I don't know how other GCs can really do the construction. <laughs> yeah. I'll be, that'll be super stressful. I mean, construction is already stressful. With that, mm-hmm. you know, keeping track of your schedule, I don't know how can, they can do that. It's like driving with, you know, your hands <laughs> your yeah. eyes. I don't know. <laughs> no, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about, communication. Right. I mean, you have to communicate. And that's one thing I, you know, when I'm working with a GC is letting them know what do you need? Because especially during construction, I never want to be the reason you guys are delayed because that makes me look bad. And I was just actually reviewing that with a client. They said, you know, because in my contract, it says I review shop drawings and submittals and I get back in a timely manner. And they're like, well, what's a timely manner? And I said, during construction, I know that it, is not good if I'm taking three weeks to review shop drawings that you needed, you know, in a week. And so it's just, and I like asking the general contractor, what do you need from me ahead of time? And I also like to check in and I like to do one project I worked with a contractor on. I said, internally, tell me what's going on. We don't have to necessarily tell the client exactly what's happening every day, but can you let me know what's happening next week or the week after? So if I need to go to the city and get something approved Or if there's, you're like, well, you know, I have an inspection coming and I need these plans. Let me know so I can get that because then I make that a priority to make sure that you just keep blowing and going. There's no stopping you because I never want to be the reason construction stops. 
you know, it happens a lot where, you know, they're not communicating ahead of time to the architect. And again, you know, that's why that's it's so important to have those two things, right? You have your master schedule that everybody sees it, but how about the day-to-day, you know, in three weeks, where, where are we guys going to be doing construction, right? So that you know that maybe you know that the client is not deciding the tile at the, at the kitchen. And I already have it in my, you know, my schedule to do the installation in two weeks, right? <laughs> three weeks. So mm-hmm. that communication, you know, sharing that information, it's, yeah, it's crucial. It is. And I want to talk to you guys about as well as being female bit owners and having also men work for you. I know, you know, I, I'm just a one woman show. I, if I'll have an employee in the future, I don't know. But I have had experience in the past working at other firms where someone senior in age and even in just the qual, you know, how long they've been in architecture, I've had to give them direction. And they never, you know, there's been a few moments where it was not received very well. And so I'd like to know how is it when you have superintendents working for you, or if you have other women, that would be incredible to know. But how does that relationship work? And when you're hiring a superintendent or anyone for your staff, kind of what do you, you know, what's that relationship like? I think, I mean, so far, I'm super lucky because all of my team, people that have been working with me throughout these past 10 years as, you know, owning my own companies, I know them since 15 years ago because I worked with them for another GC. And then later on, they were like, hey, do you can, you know, do you have anything for me? Can I go and work for you? So I actually, we were, it was more like a family, more like, I will call them my husbands, you know, because they will call me every day asking questions, asking for help. So we have a super good communication. I've never had an issue, you know, and most of them were, they're older than me. You know, they have more experience. They also had in the past their own uh, company, just that now they want to work for somebody. So never had that problem, like I said, with my employees, but I had a couple sometimes issue with subcontractors. I end up telling them, do not call me again because, you know, you're not respecting my opinion and, you know, this is what we're doing. I already have the client approving this, you know, way of we're doing things. And just because he pulls the car, I was like, I have so many years of experience in construction. You, you don't know. I've been doing this for 35 years and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get it. You know, I understand, you know, and appreciate your years in the business. But this is the new way now. So, <laughs> but later on, now we're talking. So we're good. <laughs> he wants to work with me again on other projects. <laughs> and then MJ, do you have any experience? Well, I've managed people that are older than me for many, many years, Mm -hmm. actually throughout the majority of my years. And I think one of the, I don't want to say heralds, because I think it's all about how you you communicate what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to be smart about that and the approach that you take um, with them. And yes, they might not be 100%, but at the end of the day, it's your word. Like you have to this is my position, this is my role, and I'm trying to do what is best for my company. So at the end of the day, it's just like DJ was saying, if they're not on track, then I'm sorry. We don't want to be exposed to that, and we don't want to waste our energy and time in creating that sort of environment. So it's better to say, okay, maybe this is not the time, this is not the space. And I actually have to let go people just because sometimes it was just too much. It's like, well, you're creating this environment, and we have other people here that we can we cannot allow this energy to really just 
kind of like, because it's almost like a flu, right? Somebody has it and then everybody has it. And mm-hmm. you tolerate that sort of, it's just, you just rather prefer not to and just cut it from the root and then than to actually spread everywhere. So mm-hmm. that's sort of like how I think of things and how, and I was working actually in the previous company, there was a few software contractors that I was like, oh no, they gotta go. <laughs> Yeah. And it, of course it hurts. It hurts the project, mm-hmm. it hurts everything, but at the same time it's like it might hurt now, but it's going to be way better at the end because we don't have to mm-hmm. worry about what other things could happen if we kept that person, that individual mm-hmm. doing the work. No, of course. It's yeah, it's a bad apple and it's like yeah, the positive, you know, the negative kind of energy and and it's goes back to you know collaboration communication being team players we want everybody wants the job to be a success and you know at the end of the day the everybody the client the architect subcontractor subconsultants everybody so it's because make the project what it is it's amazing and then you can move on to the next one so why delay and you know kind of delay that one I did want to ask just out of curiosity how do you find projects or how do you get clients is it you know referrals it's it's another question I get asked how did someone find you you know so how do you guys get projects (laughs) that's more of my question I guess I'm always trying to connect with people always creating new relationships you never know who you're going to meet personally I love to go to events with the AIA of San Mateo, of you know, North, North Bay, San Francisco, and be able to connect with people. And actually, a lot of our clients have been returning clients. I think that mm-hmm. says a lot about the relationship that we were able to establish and you know the work that has been performed throughout the years, primarily the good of Sujiji, that a lot of people that we currently work with, they, they've come from following Gigi, actually, from even before she had her own company. And then having her own company now and then now. So we always, I think that again, making those relationships stronger. So like we provide services, not only it's like, okay, we're done with the construction. Here are your keys. There you go. Ciao, ciao. No, we, we do post-construction services. We want, we want our clients to feel that they can call us for anything. Even if it's like changing a toilet for them, it's like, we know exactly how to deal with the house, with the penthouse, with whatever it is. So it's like, why not? just go the extra mile so they can always think of us when anything happens or a lot of the clients that we have, they not only one property or they might be invested in restaurants and so forth or any, you know, commercial buildings. So it's just great to be able to always be there for them and Mm -hmm. for them not to think about anybody else to fix things for them in that sense. So I think, again, it's kind of like, creating those relationships and also just I don't want to say cold calling because I don't do cold calling mm-hmm. yeah. I think a lot you know it's the experience and, and our projects they talk for each other for what we do but also it's more like just really connecting with people I'm a person that you know like I'm very sensitive to energies so when I'm being called to like okay I think this person would be a great person to chat with and if something happens if we're able to get a project great if not that's okay I'm still gonna you know try to go for coffee again or let's go for lunch or dinner or whatever it is because I want to keep working on that relationship it might not happen right now we might not have a project with that individual with that architect or interior designer right at the moment but 
that doesn't mean that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna stop pursuing a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good strategy, and it makes me think of too. Like it's so true, the relationships you build, and you you provide also just this customer service. You know, you're there for the clients even after they've moved in and, you know, they know that they can call you. And then, like you said, something happens and then you know, they go, oh, you know what, you know, the contractor who built my house, you know, they came back and fixed this and they'll say it at a dinner party to their friends. You never like the word of mouth. It is true. It's referrals. And because then you've worked with them, they're a perfect referral for you and they have a reference and the, their friends and family then can, you know, rely on you because they did, you did a good job for them. So I think. That's a great strategy. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great strategy. And something that we always say is like, when we start building a relationship, for example, with an architect or interior designer, there's never a small project. Because even in the smallest projects, you can see the execution. You can see the, you know, the quality of the work. So that's something that, you know, we don't have to go right into like the millions. We can start with something very small. It's just for creating that trust making and for them to see our a style of work so no exactly my first project was a decker pair and I'm like you know and I had been working at my previous firm on multi-million dollar homes and I thought oh my gosh you know now that I'm working on my own I'm doing just a deck remodel but it'll and it'll humble you or you're like when you're first starting at least for me when I was starting out like yeah I'm gonna take this deck repair but I'm gonna make it the best deck repair project ever it's gonna be amazing and then it's this what happened was the client has loved everything that I've done you know just processing plans it was on the it had to deal with the coastal commission so we dealt with that and she has become now a reference for potential new clients and so that goes right there to show those the client relationships that you build you never know and you know maybe one day she'll want to renovate the house and I hope she remembers me, you know, so it's, it's exactly that it's just building on and just kind of saving, you know, those relationships, those contacts and building that network. Yeah, definitely. Well, this conversation has been incredible. (laughs) I have really, really enjoyed talking to you both. Like I said, I wish we could work together maybe someday in the future. I know I'm in Orange County. So that's one of our visions, going down there and and do some cool projects over there. We're super interested in uh, Southern California. California. We were able, well, we had the opportunity to bid a few projects in Orange County. Oh, really? Yeah, like a year and a half ago or so. And we love it. We love Southern California. And the idea is not to just stay in the Bay. We want to keep growing throughout all of California and eventually New York, Miami, <laughs> Texas. But, you know, it's nice. It's a dream. It's, you know, we have to go baby steps, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. right now we are in the process of getting Poway more brand exposure. It's still pretty new in comparison to other GCs. And primarily for the niche that we have, you know, high-end residential, you have a selective amount of GCs that will work in high-end or that they actually get hired to work within those projects. So it's kind of like, okay, how to get Poway now in this, you know? Great thing is that DJ already had the previous company and that had supported us a lot. Nevertheless, 
we want to have like a fresh start and that's sort of like we have been doing and we're working towards just like okay this is a lot of what we want to do and then you know the vision with like the nonprofit organization to be able to really collaborate with architects interior designers and new technology to be able to really do effective homes and effective communities because it's not only about building the house but it's actually creating a community for these people to really be able to be something right to be to develop the tools necessary for them to to be part of this difficult world and not feel like they're just left behind so yeah there's a lot to talk about and sure we can do another <laughs> yes. another hour about this yeah <laughs> yeah but no, but I do want to touch base on the foundation that you work with in Peru. And so how does how does that work? Do you do you go down to Peru to help build? At this moment, no. At this moment, we are actually just building the nonprofit. So the idea is when the larger jobs come into the pipeline, a percentage of that is gonna go for this foundation. And from then from there, like, I'm already talking to my life coach about, like, a whole series of, you know, just working together to create this beautiful community because a lot of people are just, they don't even know how to start. They don't even know how to, like, read or anything like that. Just, just providing the skill sets, not only the house, but providing the skill sets to be able to survive in this community. So, like, there's a lot of things that are happening there. But, yeah, so it's a percentage. We're thinking about, like, I think it was 1.5%. Yeah. yeah. So that's you know just to help and then of course people mm-hmm. love architects and interior designers and anyone in between to be able to support mm-hmm. and and yeah when it comes becomes what we want it to become we're going to be going there yeah <laughs> primarily <Nice>. i know <laughs> <laughs> nice well i love it well thank you both for sharing your story your journey how you have you know i know you guys go back a long way but it's amazing that you were able to reconnect and work together and create this incredible partnership and be such an inspiration for, you know, business owners, women in construction, especially in contract work, and then also an immigrant story. And so I think, and a friendship story. I think overall, you guys are just incredibly inspiring. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you, Katarina. We really hope that we can actually get to meet you in person. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We're always on our, on our way down there. We have close friends in San Diego and LA. So definitely keep you in the loop. (laughs) Perfect. And where can listeners find you? Well, we have our website. We have Instagram and LinkedIn at the moment. Those are like sort of like our main things at Poway Construction and powayconstruction.com. And of course, yeah, they can just follow us on Instagram and follow LinkedIn and Yeah. Perfect. I'll provide links in the show notes. Thank you, MJ and Gigi, so much for coming on from the Honeycomb Podcast. Thank you. Thank you you for the time. Thank you for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb Podcast. As we conclude, I want to express my gratitude for joining me in today's episode. I hope you have found it insightful and inspiring. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and click that like button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to share this with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. And you can also further your support of From the Honeycomb by visiting the patron link provided in the show notes. Your contribution helps make more episodes 
episodes possible. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to my monthly newsletter, A Spark of Positive Energy, that comes out on the 7th of each month. Thank you so much and see you next Friday.